There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. 97.1 FM The Drive presents the Behind the Song Podcast, taking you deeper into classic rock's most timeless tunes. Here's your host, Janda. In this episode of Behind the Song, let's dig into Supertramp's Goodbye Stranger. Just one of the hit songs from the band's sixth album, Breakfast in America, it became a top 15 hit in the U.S. on the Billboard 100 chart. It tells a tale about breaking up, breaking apart, and there was plenty of that going on between the two principal songwriters and founders of the band, Rick Davies and Roger Hodgson, two musicians who would likely have never met, let alone created one of the most successful bands of the 70s, had it not been for a mysterious benefactor. Davies became the lucky recipient of a deep-pocketed Dutchman, a millionaire named Stanley August Miesgaes. Sam, as he was called, had previously provided financial support for the London band The Joint, which Davies was in as a keyboard player, but he became disillusioned with the group and told Davies that he would fund his effort to find a completely new band. So, in 1969, Davies placed an ad in Melody Maker and collected Hodgson as a co-songwriter, bassist, and guitarist, along with other early members of the group. They first called themselves Daddy and then changed the name to Supertramp after the novel The Autobiography of a Supertramp by William Henry Davies. It was W.H. Davies' autobiography, generally about a guy who took money from his grandmother's estate to travel the world, becoming a sort of free-spirited hobo type who would shun work in order to play cards and ride the rails with fellow vagrants across the U.S., Canada, and Britain. Something resonated in this work with the principal members of Supertramp, who set out to make very progressive, almost experimental music, with their benefactor footing the bill. They were signed to A&M Records in London in 1970, one of the first bands signed to A&M, largely in part to the connections Miesgays had made in the music industry. Their first couple of albums were rooted in experimentation and didn't warrant much success, but they revamped their sound to incorporate a bit more pop accessibility and finally achieved mainstream success with Crime of the Century in 1974, an album, by the way, that is dedicated to their former benefactor, who withdrew his support after the first two releases. Supertramp called their brand of rock Sophisto Rock and gave instruments like the Wurlitzer electric piano, played by Davies, and the saxophone a spotlight in their songs. This continued, but a rift began between the songwriters Davies and Hodgson, disagreements over musical direction which would widen over the years to come. Davies, who came from a working-class background, the son of a merchant navy man and a hairdresser, was worlds away from Hodgson, who was educated in private schools. In the early years, their differences worked for him. They clicked musically and as friends. But as time went on, the relationship and eventually the partnership wore thin. But in the mid to late 70s, they were still churning out albums and touring with increasing success. 
Crime of the Century was followed by Crisis, What Crisis, in 1975. Then 1977's Even in the Quietest Moments was so successful that the band relocated to America, which would prove to be the very beginning of the end for these Brits as a group. In 1979, in their new home of Los Angeles, they recorded and released their best-selling album to date, Breakfast in America, which has sold over 20 million copies. It went to number one in the U.S. The band released another studio album with Hodgson in the lineup, but by the early 80s, he had moved his family to Northern California, communing with nature and focusing on home life, putting his money into Guinness stock and generally making sound decisions. While Davies was living a sort of wild life, blowing money in Hollywood hotels and stuff like that. The distance, both literally and figuratively, between Davies and Hodgson proved too great, and by 1983, Hodgson announced that he was leaving the group. So, Breakfast in America was not only the peak of Supertramp's commercial success, but it was really the last time that the group were a unified sum of parts, before the game-changing fame and the money really came rolling in. Goodbye Stranger was written by Rick Davies, and while there are references to women in the song, especially the kind of women and relationships that are fly-by-night for rock bands at the top of their game, it's about the end of the relationship with his songwriting partner and bandmate. He sings the parts of two characters in the song, incorporating a high falsetto to detail the narration of one saying goodbye to the other. The song starts like this. It was an early morning yesterday. I was up before the dawn. And I really have enjoyed my stay, but I must be moving on. Like a king without a castle, like a queen without a throne, I'm an early morning lover, and I must be moving on. Just a man singing about a situation that isn't working for him anymore, cynically. One of the hallmarks of Supertramp lyrics is a cynical viewpoint, similar to other bands in this same vein like Yes and Genesis, even Steely Dan. Not too much sugar in the bowl, so to speak. The song continues. Now, I believe in what you say is the undisputed truth, but I have to have things my own way to keep me in my youth. Like a ship without an anchor, like a slave without a chain, just the thought of those sweet ladies sends a shiver through my veins. And I will go on shining, shining like brand new. I'll never look behind me. My troubles will be few. So here Davies is saying he's excited about freedom, about not being shackled to anything holding him back. Always the more rock and roll of the two, he's singing a song as old as rock and roll itself, saying plainly, you go your way and I'll go mine. I gotta be free. Then the chorus, and Davies shifts to that falsetto. Goodbye, stranger. It's been nice. I hope you find your paradise. Tried to see your point of view. I hope your dreams will all come true. Goodbye, Mary. Goodbye, Jane. Will we ever meet again? Feel no sorrow. Feel no shame. Come tomorrow. Feel no pain. It's really a clever way to couch the breaking up of a business enterprise by writing about temporary lovers. Here today, gone tomorrow. No skin off my back, dear. The song goes on, with Davies singing two parts now. Sweet devotion, goodbye Mary, it's not for me, goodbye Jane. Just give me motion, will we ever, to set me free and meet again. In the land and the ocean, feel no sorrow, far away, feel no shame. 
It's the life I've chosen come tomorrow, every day, feel no pain. So goodbye, Mary. Goodbye, Jane. Will we ever meet again? Now, fans have wondered over the years if the Goodbye Mary and Goodbye Jane are references to marijuana, Mary Jane being a really popular slang term for it in the late 70s. It's possible, but it's also possible that Davies was just looking for some female names that would fit the rhyme. Jane and again. And I think that's more likely because this song certainly isn't about giving up marijuana. The song goes on. Now, some they do and some they don't. And some you just can't tell. And some they will, and some they won't. With some it's just as well. You can laugh at my behavior, and that'll never bother me. Say the devil is my savior, but I don't pay no heed. And I will go on shining, shining like brand new. I'll never look behind me. My troubles will be few. Goodbye, stranger. It's been nice. Hope you find your paradise. Tried to see your point of view. Hope your dreams will all come true. Goodbye, Mary. Goodbye, Jane. Will we ever meet again? Feel no sorrow. Feel no shame. Come tomorrow. Feel no pain. And then the song ends with a repeat of Davies singing two parts, using that falsetto. Sweet devotion. Goodbye, Mary. Goodbye, Jane. I'm leaving. Gotta go. Gotta hit the road. One of the things about great songwriters and great songs is that even when they're working out inner band tensions and problems seeing eye to eye, out will come lyrics like this that we can all relate to if we've ever ended a relationship with someone or been treated badly. The bittersweet letting go of a person and also the excitement of freedom. It must have been kind of hard for Hodgson to hear knowing that these lyrics were culled from their deteriorating union but maybe he too had that uplift of what's next on his mind. Soon afterward, when he moved his young family to Northern California to escape the craziness of LA, his own paradise, so to speak, he began working on solo material before quitting Supertramp in 1983. Rick Davies kept going under the name Supertramp. Hodgson rejoined in the early 2000s briefly and then went his own way again. And it's a continually rocky road between him and Davies. They tried to get back together a couple of times after that over the years, but nothing really materialized. And they continue to squabble over song rights and who gets to sing what Supertramp songs when performing separately, since they shared writing credit on most of the songs. And that's likely not helped by the fact that Supertramp's manager since the early 80s has been Rick Davies' wife, Sue. No bias there, I'm sure. In 2011, Davies said, In order to play a great show for our fans, you need harmony, both musically and personally. Unfortunately, that doesn't exist between us anymore, and I would rather not destroy memories of more harmonious times between all of us. But it's still not a bad run at all for two guys who met on the dime of a Dutch benefactor via an ad in a music magazine. I mean, they lasted longer than some marriages do, especially in rock and roll. And this album, Breakfast in America, is a classic in the genre. A tale of strangers in a strange land that's pretty perfect from start to finish. I'm Janda, and this has been Behind the Song. Special thanks to Christian Lane for sound design and engineering. On the way, episodes on songs by Jerry Rafferty, Janis Joplin, and more classic rock and roll.
Put the power of podcasting to work for your business. You can be part of Behind the Song and reach potential customers inside every episode. To advertise your product or service by sponsoring Behind the Song, send an email to podcast at hubbardradio.com now.